standing here Not knowing how we'll get through this test But holding on to faith you know best Nothing can catch you by surprise You got this figured out Watching us now, and when it looks as if we can't win, you wrap us in your arms and tuck in. Everything we need, you supply. You got this in control. the wall and it looked as if it was over you made a way and we're standing here only because you made you were against the wall and it looked as if it was
St. Matthews, we are totally committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God the Son and the Son of God. It is our desire that you become saved right where you sit by professing your belief in Jesus Christ and asking him into your life. The Bible says that Jesus our Savior died for all your sins. He was buried and rose on the third day with all power in his hands. To be saved, just pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, was buried, and rose on the third day. I believe you are God the Father's only begotten Son. Lord, come into my life and save my soul. If you have done that, email, call, or write us so we can send you written materials on your newfound faith. We have a ministry for your entire family. This is a teaching ministry under the direction of Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr., the senior pastor of St. Matthew's Baptist Church for over 33 years. Dr. Gordon's stellar leadership encourages thousands to cultivate a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Dr. Gordon exegetes God's word for truth, transformation, and transparency. It's truly some great people in this church that really just want to, that really have like a heart for God and really just want to like just serve. The Holy Spirit has a way of, of sending uh, a word to answer some of the questions that you might have. I've seen the impact that it not only had on my family, St. Matthews, but also that it has in our community. I tell people, because they're seeing the difference in me and they're saying, what, what are you doing? I'm like, me and my husband, we going to church. What church do you go to? And I say, St. Matthews in Williamstown. And like, I'm so proud to say that I go there because it changed my life. It's home. It's, it's home.
Am I gonna come through here? Me to go. We praise the Lord Jesus Christ for who he is. He's King of Kings and he's Lord of Lords. We bow prostrate before his presence and we bless his name because he's worthy to be praised. Then we say happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are out there and we thank God for, amen, your diligent, uh, diligence uh, uh, being a dad and we praise God for you and uh, we thank God for every dad this morning that you would be encouraged in the Lord your labor is not in vain and during this time of social unrest racism injustice political poisons wickedness in high places, we want you who are saved to just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Lord is in full control and uh, the Lord has got this thing. So don't get discouraged. Don't lose your focus. Be faithful. Amen. And be still. God is in control. We thank God again from whom all blessings flow. And uh, we also, amen, and praying that um, you and your family would be safe. We're praying for our church family. We're praying for the world. We're praying that this pandemic disease will be swept out by Almighty God and that uh, justice will prevail. We pray in the name of Jesus that you and your family are well this morning and will remain well as we glorify Jesus, amen, who is the author, the finisher, and the sustainer of our faith. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. So we praise God for your family. We're praying that all of you would be safe, secure, spaced, amen, and steadfast on him. Now unto him, keep looking at Jesus, who was able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless. And that's what he's doing right now. And we thank God for who he is. And then in your faithfulness, 
as God has been faithful to you, continue to tithe online. Amen. Continue to send your envelopes in the P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey, St. Matthew's Baptist Church, 08094. May the Lord richly bless you. Now let's, amen, get into our Father's Day message. This morning, I'm preaching from Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, a diligent dad, uh, but more importantly, a guiding light. A guiding light. Uh, let me say that again. A guiding light. It's interesting that in Proverbs 17, 6, don't turn there, it says that children's children are a delight to a father, that's grandchildren, but amen, it goes on to say in verse 6, the glory of the children is their fathers. And I believe that glory is there because of guidance. Guidance. Father, fatherhood or Father's Day is a special recognition and respect for all responsible dads as we praise God and appreciate their numerous sacrifices, service, and stick to to this strategic call. I'm thankful to God for my dad who was a great dad. I'm thankful to God that there are some great dads still available. And I'm praising God because whereas mothers nurture and insulate their children with uh, a deep sense of love and affection, fathers, amen, uh, what fathers do is fathers instruct and liberate children with their advice and authority. That, that, that one, one of the things that we see is that fathers are providers through work. Every father, every man, every married man ought to have a job. Amen. He provides through work. Amen. He protects through wisdom. He promotes, amen, through warmth. And, and, and as we look at, uh, all of these things that a father can do and will do is that a father, amen, is the priest of his home through worship. That when we look at this headship, amen, when we look at what the Bible says about the father, amen, that he uh, disciples the children, disciplines, and gives them a sense of direction. The book of Proverbs is God's manual on wisdom. It's God's manual on wisdom. It's, 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 uh, it's Solomon, son of David, who is instructing his son Rehoboam, amen, with wisdom. And, and the first seven chapters of Proverbs, 
start off with my son, my son. So when we look at the first seven chapters, it is a father's advice to his son. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean that the daughters are not inclusive. They are. But what what a father does, amen, he is a steward to his sons. He sanctity to his daughters. And, 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 and so one of the things that we begin to see about the father figure, and I'm going to get to it momentarily, is that Proverbs lays out in chapter 1 a call to the counsel of wisdom, chapter 1, verse 7, the fear or reverence of the Lord is the beginning place of wisdom. That, that, that is the theme throughout the whole book. It's a manual for wisdom, but not only the the call in in chapter one, but amen, the uh, concern for his children's company. Chapter two, he deals with company. Be careful the company you keep, because association can lead to assimilation. Chapter 3, a confidence in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. And then when you get to chapter 4, um, Solomon lays out for Rehoboam, for his son. Listen to this. He, he lays out a covenant between a father and a son. I, I want to... Uh, so many... Uh, People that didn't have fathers are still tail spinning. That the father is a key to every family. It, it is from the father that we learn respect for authority. It is from a father that we learn discipline. It is a father that we've been discipled. It is through a godly father that we've been developed. Amen. And, and, and so, there are some people that never had a relationship with a father. They're just assuming what a father is. They're guessing what a father is. But they really never, amen, been taught what a father is. And let me throw this in parenthetically. This is why we gotta be careful with divorce. There are some grounds for divorce. There, there are some rights for divorce, but the word divorce in the Hebrew means torn flesh. Now, whenever there's a divorce, somebody's getting torn up. Somebody's being ripped. And and the difference between this generation, which is, listen, eccentric, me, myself, and I, the focus is on my feelings today, whereas our parents and grandparents, the focus was not on their feelings, the focus was on their faithfulness, and functionality. Lord have mercy. That, that when you look at, uh, they didn't allow their feelings to dictate whether they were gonna stay or go. They, they had a sense of God's faithfulness and faithfulness to one another. Listen, amen, don't hang up now, don't, don't cut your TV off now. Amen, and they had a sense of not only faithfulness, but functionality. My, my children need me. Yeah. And, and, and so one of the things that we, we begin to see is that there are some notable scriptures in Proverbs 
not only trusting the Lord in chapter 3, but it goes on to say, amen, uh, that, 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 uh, where there is no counsel, the people fall. And in the multitude of counselors, there's safety and there's wisdom. Hang in there with me. There is a friend that sticks closer than the brother. Talking, of course, about Jesus, pre-incarnate Christ here. Amen. And that, amen, he goes on to say that uh, uh, in this book, pride goeth before destruction and a haunting spirit before fall. Lord, have mercy. Chapter 22, train up a child in the way they should go. Amen. That word train up is disciple. Disciple them in the way they should go. And when they get old, they will not depart. It doesn't mean they won't detour, but it means they'll come back. Because building blocks, Lord have mercy, have been laid. Yeah. As a child, I was on my knees every night praying. As a child, I was in church every Sunday. Amen. As a child, we had family dinner where dad said the prayer. Amen. We, we grew up in a unit of respect and responsibility. Thank you, Jesus. But this morning, I want to look at several things that I believe that are really unique. First, in chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, a father ought to be a godly model. Now, now, one of the problems with this world, we don't have any models. Uh, the word model means, amen, x-ray, example, that it's something you're growing up looking at that helps develop you. And he ought to be a model of character, values, vision, in victory. Not getting high with his children. Not partying with his children. There's separation between parent and children. Not trying to be hip for your children. Not hey, trying to be accepted by your children. And you're doing uh, questionable things. But uh, having a sense of distinction and showing character. Lord have mercy. Not only should a father uh, be a godly character, but a father should have a godly counsel. Lord have mercy. More is caught than taught. They're watching you more so than they're listening to you. Caught than taught. Caught than taught. They're watching your respect for their mother, your mother's respect for them. They're watching, amen, uh, you being unified in front of them. They're watching the security of their entire being is seeing their mother and father love each other. Not having a mother and a father, but seeing it. That That is the character and the counsel and the, the conviction. When you look at chapters uh, 4, 1 to 3, he should model a godly conviction, amen, 
they're watching your tolerance or your intolerance. Lord have mercy. They're absorbing what they see. And, 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 and so, uh, uh, a father ought to be a godly model in, listen, in character, in counsel, in conviction, and in compassion. That is, your children ought to see some compassionate ways from their parents. They're compassionate. So when we look at uh, chapter 4, it says, Hear, ye children, verse 1, the instruction of a father. Now notice, the father's job description is instruction. The instruction of the father, and attend to know understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. And then Solomon goes on to say, For I was my father's, verse 3, son, son of David, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me. There it is right there. That's the thematics thrust. He taught me. Now the mothers teach, but the teaching is really up to the father. He taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart, listen, retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, her is wisdom personified in uh she shall preserve thee, love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Look 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 at the father, he's a he's a godly model. He's a godly model. When no father's in the home, there's no model. Lord have mercy. Uh, when when a father is aloof, separated from his children's development, there's there's no model. Now the problem is when you as a father don't model Christ before your kids by way of a model, they get their models from the street. Mm. Girls learn how to be loose. Girls, listen, are looking to their fathers as the first man in their life. She's learning what to look for in a man. Lord have mercy. Boys are pattering themselves after their fathers. Amen. I've heard so many stories of from boys or from grown men that look back and said, I used to see my dad doing all this and then I found myself wanting to do that. Ah, it's a godly model. The church doesn't even teach this anymore. To each his own. Do as you please. Do what's hip. Do what the world is telling you. Amen. Get all this education. Get a good job. Be something. Be somebody. But there's nothing about modeling. 
<sighs> Bring up a child, raise them in the way they should go futuristically, and when they get old, they will not depart. Now notice the disclaimer, when they get old, it takes time and process and problems and pitfalls and situations before God starts bringing stuff back to them. Prodigal son, the prodigal son went away and with riotous living, wasted everything he had, and then the Bible says he came to a census and he said, I will repent, I will return home and tell my father I'm not worthy to be your son. Just let me be a hired servant. And surprising to him, the father was meeting him halfway with his arms open. A father who represents God, a father of mercy. <sighs> that is, he is a godly model. Secondly, a father ought to be a godly motivator. He's discipling, he's developing, he's disciplining his children Amen. And, 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 and what he's doing with his children is help, helping them to grow in the course called life. That's, this is the father's instruction. He nurtures. He helps that child to grow. He helps that child to be, listen, Mature, and let me let me stop Paul's apart. Uh, this thing about fathers who are really not in the picture, stand back fathers, amen, passive fathers. The Bible doesn't support any of that. A father ought not be passive; he ought to be diligent in the lives of his children. A passive father is like having no father. He has no voice. He has no vision. He has no victory. He has no value. He's just there. That, that, that when we begin to look at, uh, yeah, this matter of motivator, he's motivating three things into these children. I want you to hear this. He's motivating, Lord have mercy, a tenderness. Your children ought to know that you can be tender. A touching, appropriate touching. Touching is a form of love. Lord have mercy, embracing, hugging, kissing appropriately, and then teaching. You're teaching, you're teaching, you're constantly teaching your children. You've been there, you've done that, you've made mistakes. Uh that that is that as 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 you're developing your child, there ought to be Amen. Insights and influences from you to your child. You ought to sit down and talk to them, not just about the facts of life, but about life facts. Amen. Everything's not going to go your way. All your feelings are not legitimate. Some of your hurts are historical. Can I get a witness? You're not perfect, nor is anyone else. You're going to have to navigate through the Holy Spirit to come out free. Thank you, Jesus. You teach them 
that word, you, you motivate them to living a life of righteousness. You motivate them, amen, that the Lord is with them. He'll never leave them nor forsake them. You, you teach them rules and restraints and responsibilities and how to resist temptations. Yeah, you gotta teach your children that, fathers. Because, 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 uh, in, 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 in the first four chapters, I mean in chapter four, we're, we're dealing with the model, verses one through seven, but in eight to fifteen, a, amen, we're dealing with model verses, and then when you get to chapter five, we're dealing with, watch this now, cautions to a son of the immoral woman. He gives this illustration in chapters 5 to 7 that uh, a young man who was, amen, unsound in his wisdom went out at night on a corner and met up with a harlot who was dressed seductively, who had the best perfume on, who spoke softly and said, come here, come to my house. The good man is gone, da 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 da, and one thing led to another, and the Bible says he was like an ox going to the slaughter. A father's got to teach his sons what's out there in the world: drugs, gambling, alcohol, gangs, violence—none of that'll do you any good. All that's the teaching of a good father. Lord, have mercy. That That is, child of God, when you uh, begin to look at this matter of motivating that child, where we want to motivate them to education, excellence, amen, and extraordinary worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we got to, we, we only have 17 years to program them, and then they're gone. And it's what you put in that's going to come out. They are model. They are a motivator. I've made a lot of mistakes, so have you. And we trust the Lord with our mistakes. We trust the Lord to clean up our mess. We trust the Lord to come behind us and sweep up our dirt. We, we, we trust the Lord to give sufficiency to our selfishness. Oh, we trust him. Don't we trust him? We, we trust the Lord with our lies. We trust the Lord with our mess. We trust the Lord ain't hey, with our missed opportunities, our wrong motives. We trust the Lord. We all have made mistakes. We all fallen short. And if you're sitting out there thinking you're the perfect parent, you're a liar. There are no perfect parents. Grace. Grab me. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved the rich like me. I once, at one time, was lost. Now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Some of our children are disgruntled and whole anger against us. And all of your struggling is not legitimate. Some of it is historical hurts that you brought into the marriage. And you keep living in denial when you ought to be saying, Lord, heal me that I don't let my children catch this contagious disease. And I'm not talking about pandemic. I'm talking about 
ruthless rebellion. That is, when we look at this godly father, he is a model, he is a motivator. And finally, he's a godly mentor. Oh my God. Only if we had mentors, models and motivators. Ah. A mentor does not say, don't do what I say, do as I do. No. A mentor is a pathfinder. A pathfinder in the military during Vietnam was a point setter. They went out on point before the platoon. And they would take a sword and chop the bush down so everyone else can follow them. And we are pathfinders so our children can follow us. We're pointing the way for our children. How you use your mind. How you use your money. How, how, how you manifest love and forgiveness. How you're able to say, I'm sorry. That's my fault. I blew that. That, that is, as we look at this father, godly father who is a mentor, first we need to listen. Chapter 4, verse 25. Look what it says. Amen. And this, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues. Now, now, what is Solomon telling Rehoboam and his son? Guard your heart, because out of your heart is flowing, should flow righteousness. And if the heart is wrong, it's going to flow something else. Out of your heart are the issues, the medicines, the healings of life. Lord have mercy. We ought to listen to the Word of God. We ought to listen to the Spirit of God. We ought, we ought to listen and not always talking. Hmm. People want to celebrate how long they've been together, and that's great. But more importantly, whom have you led righteously? Whom have you influenced? Whom have you helped under your roof? Before you can do public ministry, you got to do private ministry. Yeah. Before you can be a preacher, you got to be a priest. Yeah. Before you can be a promoter of others, you got to have a passionate sit down with Jesus. That that is, child of God, they ought to listen. But secondly, they ought to look. Yeah. What do you mean look? You ought to look as to where you're going. I used to tell my children, where are you going? And then how are you going to get there? You got to map out a pathway. You got to have determination. You gotta have energy. You, you got to, amen, stay within the confines 
of your capability and, and not be a fantasy dreamer. You got to be factual where you're going. Where, where, where is it you're trying to go? Well, I want to be this. Well, you got to go to college. You got to go to school. You got to study. You got to, you got to be disciplined. You, you, you got to be developed. You got to, yeah, yeah. If you're going to get there, you got to obey the laws to get there. And parents, stop feeling some kind of way because you are rebuking your children. Rebuke them. Parents are starved for love. Parents are parenting out of a sense of the hole that's in them. Because we hurt, we don't want to hurt them, so we give them their way at a young age, and it comes back and it knocks them down. We need to look. Look to the ways of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not worried about all the stuff that's going on in this social unrest with racism and, and, and injustice and, 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 uh, crowds and, uh, political anarchy. I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned because I know and I'm persuaded that Jesus is in charge. He's in control. And, and, and listen, because he's in control, everything that begins has an ending. Can I get a witness? What he allows to grow up is going to get chopped down. Fret not thyself, I'm preaching to somebody, because of evildoers, neither be envious uh, of the workers of iniquity. They shall soon, Psalm 37, be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Our lives are but a vapor. We're only here for a little while. Ah, you, you need to listen. You need to look. And then what a father does as a mentor, you need to leave. I'm always astounded by nature. When a mother eagle builds a nest high in a hill, on a high tree, on a high cliff, as the eaglets are about to be born, God has, listen to this, God has through instinctiveness given that eagle insights for the future. So the mother eagle goes out and she lays at the bottom of the nest thorns and then she takes soft brush and puts it on top of the thorns and then she bursts the eaglets. As long as the eaglets are young and small, they are comforted by the bush. But as they get heavier and the bush begins to go down, the thorns stick them. And when the thorns stick them, the mother eaglet is making them uncomfortable to leave. To go out on your own, to secure your own family, build your own nest, have your own eaglets. I'm preaching up in this place. Some of us have made it too comfortable for our children. 
They don't want to leave. They're in the basement. They're using up your electricity, your gas, eating up your food, won't work. And you think it's love. That ain't love. A father's love is to get the children to a state of independence. Independence. Since you've done a good job. Independence. Said you lived out everything God wanted you to live out. When they get out on their own, you've done your job. Have no 60 year old staying at home. They're not taking care of you, you taking care of them. Waiting on your social security check. I'm preaching up in this place. The fact of the matter is, a father prepares the children for 